Our Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, went AWOL January 1st through January 4th. This is a tremendous breach in national security. Worse still, his replacement who would come in had no idea that he wasn't at the helm guarding our nation. And so no one was guarding our nation. This is tremendously bad and we need to stop, hit the pause button and filter out, all right, what went wrong? But it's not just the incident that's so bad. It's what it signals. This is a wake up call. If you were in your house and you flipped on the light at night and you saw a mouse scurry into a crack, you don't have a mouse. You have mice. Similarly, this breach in national security is a signal. It's a clue to you and I. And when you put all these different pieces together, it builds a picture that means you and I are not as safe as we used to be. It begs the question, can our military and our commanders still actually keep us safe? Also in this episode of JLS, we're going to talk about Taiwan. We're going to talk about Kyle Rittenhouse. We're going to talk about alcohol consumption. We're going to talk about PTSD, and we're going to wrap it all up in a pretty bow with music. And so it's going to be a lively discussion. We're off like a shot. Here we go. For our shameless plug this week, any of you guys who are interested in shooting, if you're into firearms, but you're not sure what equipment to have, our WarriorPoetSociety.com website, WarriorPoetSociety.com has all this range kit of holsters and shot timers and fix-it tools, iPro, EarPro, range bags, war belts, all the stuff that you might want for shooting. Make sure you check out WarriorPoetSociety.com and uh, get some hand-picked curated stuff by yours truly that you're going to want. All right, guys, I'm going to give you a quick synopsis of what happened regarding our Secretary of Defense. Then we're going to talk about why it really matters for you and I. The timeline is important, so pay attention. On December 22nd, Austin checked into a hospital for what all the media called a minor elective procedure. A minor elective procedure. What would that be? What would you think a minor elective procedure is? Because this was the narrative, and I just found out today. I think the first report came out maybe a day or two ago that it was actually prostate cancer. Prostate cancer. Ben, is that a minor elective surgery to you? Brother, that is not a minor elective surgery to me. And I read that, and I'm kind of like, oh, we're just lying all the time. It's just everything is a lie. It's yeah. all lies all the time. Hey, you had prostate cancer. I think if under Commander-in-Chief, Secretary of Defense, if he has cancer, he's a 70-year-old man battling cancer, I would like to know about that. Now, I get the idea of like, well, Maybe from a national security standpoint, it isn't good to advertise to the whole world of like, hey, our geriatric secretary of defense is battling cancer. And now he's in the hospital for weeks with due to complications, which is what ended up happening. And then, by the way, when he was out, nobody knew he was out, making him AWOL. That's absent without leave or absent without notice. And so he was literally technically AWOL. This is tremendously embarrassing. And I understand why we wouldn't want to air this to the rest of the world. But if that is the case, yeah, maybe from a national security standpoint, don't air it to the rest of the world, but quietly and, and unceremoniously and immediately 
replace him with somebody. And then you can handle the PR a little bit later, but you need to have somebody who is fit, ready for service to be able to defend the millions and millions of Americans that are counting on our top brass and our military to be able to defend us from all enemies, foreign and domestic. That is not happening, obviously. Lloyd Austin, who checked in the hospital due to complications from his prostate cancer surgery back in December, he checked in the hospital on January the 1st, and he was MIA from January 1st to January the 4th. Nobody knew he was gone. Congress didn't know. The White House didn't know. And they admitted as much. Joe Biden said that it was a, what was it? A lapse in judgment. That is a that is a, an incredible lapse of judgment that if something went down on, in that period of time, that lapse of judgment would have cost who knows how many innocent lives. It's unforgivable. It, it's a fireable offense right then and there. If you were in the military and you were tasked to be on guard duty, you're, hey, here's your sector of fire here and here. Don't fall asleep and don't leave until you're replaced. And you didn't do that, lowest private or corporal or specialist, and you didn't do that, you would be in tremendous trouble. I mean, like in Ranger Battalion, I would fire you on the spot for that. How dare you abandon your post? If somebody's able to come through that sector just and in, in enter into our camp or where, wherever we happen to be, they're able to just annihilate and decimate. I've had times where I'm overseas combat missions and we got one dude protecting us all while we sleep. And then, you know, we, we tap him out and somebody else takes his place. If that guy goes down, all of us are just ready to be butchered like sheep. And so if it's a basic duty of a lowly private in the military is expected to maintain his post until he's replaced, how much more is one of our highest ranking commanders, second in charge of our defense forces. Now, worse still, Kathleen Hicks, that's our deputy secretary of defense. She was on a vacation in Puerto Rico, and she wouldn't know that she was now all of a sudden in charge of everything until the 4th. Now, as of just a couple days ago, Lloyd Austin was released from the hospital. He was there for a couple weeks, and now he is working from home for a period of time. That's what we were told. He's going to work from home for a period of time. That's fantastic. Thanks so much for this amazing reporting and your a minor elective surgery. By the way, this, this playing with words, all surgeries are elective. You know, I elect to do them or I'm not doing it, but the rhetoric is specifically uh, misleading. Unfortunately, we're at a time right now in the United States, where we have enemies pressing in all around us. If something were to accelerate, there, the person in charge of taking that was gone. Yeah, we're involved in three wars around the globe right now, and our open border is completely open, and we have known terrorist cells that have breached our border and are operating in the United States right now. Of like, it's a really, really big deal. If Joe Biden wants to do some big move from a defense standpoint, he doesn't personally do it. He hands it off to his secretary of defense, mm -hmm. which would be handed into nothing but air right now. Mm -hmm. And then the, the, the person under him, also MIA, unacceptable, unacceptable. And it's going to be hard enough to get Joe Biden to do any actual action. So do you think yeah. that Lloyd Austin should be fired? 
I think Lloyd Austin should resign immediately. And if he doesn't resign immediately, he should be fired. As a military guy, I regard this as a absolute fireable offense. You, you, you were holding the gates to the United States defense and you are incommunicado for days, not at your post. That, that is absolutely, does it, does it matter? There's no lapse in judgment. You're just fired, immediately fired. He, uh, Austin should resign immediately or he should be absolutely removed. The problem is, is the one who would remove him is also a fellow geriatric who is even in less fit condition than Austin. So these are the top two, the top two brass. One looks like he should be in a nursing home, uh, eating ice cream and, uh, and kind of waddling out on the beach and trying not to fall. Uh, that, 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 this is the top two. How emboldened are our enemies becoming in the midst of all this? Uh, our Secretary of Defense, you, you, there's some basic qualifications. One is if you're going to take time off, you got to let somebody know. Uh, and, and that, hey, that could be your staff as well. You are incapacitated all of a sudden, rush to the hospital. Great. Someone in your cabinet should let someone else know immediately. You have to let that. And so, what type of breakdowns were happening in his office that didn't allow for a clean communication to happen with Congress or the White House. Doesn't matter. His head should roll and everyone else's who was immediately involved, their head should roll. But I'll say, hey, diversity hires, blah, blah, blah. If you are not fit for a job, you're 70 years old, you're battling cancer, you're out for weeks, you can't, you were, you and you have a breach in security like this, this big, I mean, that there's, there's, there's your strikes. You're out. What's frustrating is nothing will happen because if you hold immense amount of power, you have no accountability. This is what drives me crazy with Biden administration, the corruption with Biden, uh, with Hunter Biden. This is the problem with Epstein's Island and all the, those top Kings of the earth who are frequenting his Island, who are guilty, guilty, guilty. We know it, and yet nothing happens. Very, very frustrating stuff. Now, I want to turn to the question, is our military actually able to protect us now? Is our military still keeping us safe? Or are we a ticking time bomb, a security disaster where the next big cataclysmic event, the, the next 9-11 is just around the corner and our systems are down, top commanders are asleep at the wheel, and it's just a matter of time. Is that true? Now, I have reason to believe it is. First off, I think the service member, the average military service member, they're capable of defending our nation. Uh, and so rock on. However, you can only do so much when your top leaders are against you. Alexander the Great said he did not fear an army of lions that were led by a sheep, but he did fear an army of sheep that were led by a lion. Anybody that knows anything about military uh, or war, combat, leadership is everything. Everything rises and falls on leadership. That's not just military. That's just the world we live in. Everything rises and falls on leadership. And so you can have brave and capable soldiers, but if they don't have leaders above them that allow them to do the right thing and embolden them to and put them in the right place at the right time with the right mindset, then you are cooked. But at the same time, 
I have to face the music and look at the average military member. Our, our, our force, our, our military readiness as it stands is less capable today than ever before. Your average soldier nowadays isn't just tasked with closing distance with the enemy to be able to kill them. That's not what they're doing. They're not trying to be the most elite fighting force on the planet. They're obsessed with diversity, equity, and inclusion. We're making sure that everybody has their safe spaces and everyone's feelings are nice and tidied up. And we've got our equal opportunity in the upper echelons of leadership. It has become a woke Petri dish held hostage to woke leaders that want to push uh, this kind of crap rather than just being able to protect the American people. The military only survives if it is a meritocracy. All the medals and ribbons and patches that service members wear, that's your meritocracy. You're advanced based on merit. Are you good at the job? We don't care what your skin color is or whether you're male or female. Can you perform the job every time? Keep us safe. It, it has to be combat doesn't have the uh, the benefit of being able to play woke games. It's just end results only. Can you perform? It's fiercely practical. Did you win or did you lose? That's it. Bullets don't care about how victimized you are in whatever intersectional group that you happen to be occupying. Bullets just do what physics allow them to do. And you do not want to catch one in the forehead. You want to deliver them in the foreheads of your enemies. Therefore, meritocracy. Be good at shooting. Be good at moving. Be good at communicating. This is what matters to soldiers. But the average service member, unfortunately, instead of being trained in this type of way, they're being trained in DEI stuff. Secondarily, our service members are less capable than they used to be in that we just don't have enough of them. Military recruitment numbers are down again this year. It was brutal bloodbath last year, and they continue to decline. People don't want to join the military. The propaganda of hating America and denigrating America as evil has done its work long enough that service members don't want to join and risk their life in defense of an evil country. Why would you risk your life defending an evil country? Now, you may think that America is evil, but a soldier needs to believe in their cause. They need to believe in their country. They need to be patriots. If they're not patriots, they're not fit to trade their lives in pursuit of defending her. It's a, the most brutal morale blow to the soldier is to hate their country. They're not going to actually die for it. They're not going to fight for it. They're just going to play woke games. And try to uh, do this neo-Marxist commandeering of the culture, trying to change it from the inside out. But when you're met with a real enemy that you've got to close uh, with and kill on the battlefield, you're not going to be able to do it. You don't even know how. So the military service member now is less capable in that there is less of them. And they're playing woke games instead of war games. And the third thing is they are less physically fit. Check out this clip from News Nation. Hmm. It's hardly possible to be all you can be in the Army anymore. A new study finds nearly 70% of active service members are overweight. Huge jump, 21% in 2022, 10% in 2012. And obviously it comes in the middle of a massive recruiting crisis that we've told you about. Here now, retired Marine Matt Cipolla. Matt, it's good to see you. Um, I can't quite figure this out. What is it? 
Obesity is the easiest form to see lack of discipline and that comes from the top. In other words, these guys are not taking advantage of the standards that were set before them from veterans that served. And we serve with probably there's a couple of veterans behind me right now. I'm here by business partners. The way you get ahead and raise standards is association with people who want more and have more. We got to defend our country. And this is a sad reality with American military right now is obese. 70%. While that clip was playing, I'm mean, like, I saw the clip. 70% of service members are obese. I'm like, there is no, ch does that sound high to you, Ben? <laughs> That sounds, that sounds impossibly, impossibly high. high I see me. the number. I'm like, I don't believe it. So while that clip was playing, I just did another little fact check no. here. And I looked it up and here it is. Military times, nearly 70% of active service members are overweight. This is militarytimes.com, October 13th, 2023. Is that, that is unbelievable to me. Unbelievable. You, you 70% obese. How safe do you feel right now? knowing 70% of the service members that are to protect you are in terrible health. They are more likely to die from their next cheeseburger than a bullet from a terrorist gun. We are not serious about national security anymore. And it's evidenced by the decline of the military member who is playing woke games instead of war games. Our recruitment is in the toilet and we're super fat. So returning to the big question, can our military keep us safe? When I look at the average service member, we are certainly less capable than we used to be. Additionally, our technology is slipping. I first, uh, this really came across my radar early last year. Let me play you a clip that should, uh, should be sobering. Here, check it out. This is CNN. Three, two, one, ignition. A report last year finding America's missile defense system, the nation's best, perhaps only line of defense, only succeeds about half the time. If North Korea were to fire nuclear armed ICBMs at the United States, we cannot be assured that our missile defense system would prevent the deaths of millions. A U.S. missile defense agency report last year said the missile defense system has demonstrated a measured capability to defend the United States, deployed forces and allies from a rogue nation's missile attack. But that rogue nation has a fast growing arsenal. Kim Jong-un's military is mass producing ICBMs. He knows a barrage of ballistic missiles could be too much for the U.S. to shoot down. Well, I mean, you know, it's pretty sobering reporting, you know, especially considering so many of these uh, missile defense tests, the missile defense shield tests uh, have not gone well for the United States. And you're talking about North Korea specifically with these missiles. Right what about missiles uh, that would start from China or Russia? Well, this is the scary thing that a lot of people probably don't know. Uh, yes, you know, the U.S. missile defense system might be able to defend against an attack from a rogue state like North Korea, as long as their program doesn't get too big, or maybe Iran, but China, Russia, the size of their arsenals, if they launched nuclear missiles at the U.S., just like if the U.S. launched nuclear missiles at them, there'd be no way to shoot even close to all of them down. It would be essentially, this is the definition of mutually assured destruction. North Korea is trying to get there too. They're trying to get to the point that the U.S. wouldn't be able to shoot their missiles down because then they become a nuclear power, which is what Kim Jong-un has always wanted. Now, this is scary enough. This is, this is horrifying right here. But to add to it as well, our enemies are always pressing with uh, 
countless cyber attacks that are happening under our nose all the time. I understand some of our enemies are already using and have been using for quite some time artificial intelligence to demoralize the American people, to launch their own propaganda and misinformation and disinformation campaigns against us. We know TikTok is just a big Chinese psyop, but we love it because yay, TikTok. We're just scrolling through like rats stuck in our own little Skinner box. I worry about our very fragile food distribution system being sabotaged. I worry about our electric grid, which is incredibly fragile, also being attacked. And while we are plunged into chaos and disarray, then comes momentous attacks. I see service members less take, uh, capable. I see us losing ground in, in the uh, technology front. And then this is probably even the worst one because it requires this one to turn the other two around. And that is our top military commanders are not actually serious about defending American life. Now, surely they would never admit that. Surely they would say that's not true. But I'm not asking for a political soundbite. A lot of these, like if you reach high general status of soldier, you're a politician now. You're not out in foxholes trying to shoot, move and communicate. You're a politician now. That's the role. Joe Biden, commander in chief. He is the highest ranking military member. He's also in his 80s. He's having a real difficult time with stairs and doing things like speaking. And while he's technically the highest ranking military member, he's actually just a politician, a career bureaucrat of well over 50 years who's been sucking the teat of the American taxpayer. Oh, and massive amounts of insider trading and bribes and things like that, allegedly. Here's a few indices I'm looking at to say that our top commanders don't actually care about American lives. One is I'm still brooding over leaving over $80 billion of military weapons in Afghanistan. How many sniper rifles, Humvees, helicopters, night vision devices, automatic weapons were left for Taliban to just say, hey, here you go. Merry Christmas. As we just folded up camp and we got out of Dodge with no, with no thought to let's leave a force behind to make good on promises made to the Afghanis who are rising up, trying to gain back their country, build some type of semblance of a democratic government and have our soldiers help train and build up that military. But when we closed up shop and we got out of Dodge, Taliban did exactly what we knew we'd do. All the work that we've been doing for nearly two decades was undone in a moment by our commander in chief who decided, nope, we're just done. You gave up all the ground. You gave up all the wet. You funded the next terrorists for the next decade. How many American lives will be taken by those exact guns that we left for them? We could have taken all the stuff. Why did we leave it? Guess who's going to fund all the replacement of our stuff that we need? You and me. And they don't care. They don't care. Raise taxes, inflate the currency, whatever. They don't care. They're all multi-multi-millionaires with private security details. Doesn't affect them at all. It just affects you and me. I know that our top commanders are not serious about protecting American lives because of the Afghanistan withdrawal. I know that. Second thing is, is our southern border is completely open. Pouring through. What, what is that, Ben, do you have the last estimates of like, what is it, uh, 
a hundred thousand. I heard some illegals where, coming across each month. I, I heard that December, I think, was somewhere closer to three hundred thousand. Three hundred thousand. So, and some of them of like we know are American hating terrorists. Hey, did you see that crazy story where the the federal government? has been kicked out of a park in Texas. Texas has, is plugging, the Texas uh, National Guard is plugging a gap in the wall, and they kicked out the federal agents, the Border yeah. Patrol. And the, and the federal government is now suing Texas because Texas is actually trying to enforce border law. Yeah. It is, that, that's, this yep. is, that is going down as we speak. That is wild to me. Yep. And, I mean, just... I think it's Eagle Pass, yeah. It's not even sin of omission. The federal government isn't doing anything to secure yeah. our border. It's commission. They're literally working, suing Governor Abbott, suing Texas for trying to have their own Texas border here. And so they're literally standing in the way of them being able to do this so that we can just open up the gates and anyone can come in. How many terrorists are coming in? How many active cells are operating, building up infrastructure, biding their time and waiting for the moment to inflict mass casualties again on the United States? And when it happens, make no mistake, when it happens, whether it's tomorrow, uh, three months, two years, it happened in these days, when they were able to flow unchecked, uninhibited across our border, who knows who's coming and what have they got and what are their intentions? We don't know. We also know that they're bringing tons of amounts of fentanyl as drug cartels are pushing fentanyl all over the United States. They've had seizures of fentanyl that uh, you know, just like here's one seizure with enough fentanyl to kill every single American. It, fentanyl has become an epidemic. It has become such a crisis, becoming one of the number one killers for youth in America. And what are we doing about that? Closing our border and eliminating the fentanyl epidemic. Big fat goose egg. Nothing. I'd say that's a losing issue for them in 2024. And get this. It'd be one thing to, uh, well, let, let's fix it. Let's, let's raise some taxes and let's go ahead and fix these problems. But instead, they force taxation on you and then send billions of dollars instead not to solve these crises, but instead they send them to our enemies, like $6 billion that has been unleashed uh, for Iran. And they say, oh, like, no, 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 there's restrictions. They're not allowed to use it on such and such. Do you make them sign a promise note? You make them say, I, Iran, promise to do exactly what you said. Come on, really? Really? Man, that went right to their nuke program. You know it. <laughs> mm, it hurts. It hurts because I love my country. I love our constitution. I love our people. And I don't want bad people to hurt innocent people. And so much of this is preventable and avoidable. And instead of like, well, well what do we do? One thing I like that Texas is doing is you see them making large strides uh, toward federalism of like, nope, federal government. Hey, why don't you pound sand? We, the state of Texas, are going to govern and rule ourselves, and they're just going to do whatever they want. And I like that. I'm like, I think that's fantastic. I want to make sure that our local governments and our state governments are able to gain some autonomy in the original founders' intent, which is federalism. That's the, the majority of the power lies with the states. Federal government has a few things that they're allowed to do. 
And they, there's there's some things that they're not allowed to do. That's what the Bill of Rights is. And all other powers that are not expressly listed lie with the states. And so I like that. But what we have now is the exact opposite. We have very weak states and an incredibly gargantuan, leviathan-sized federal government. And it should be the opposite. And I like that we're making steps toward that. To that end, we need to become, you and I, very invested in our local government. Before, we, we were always very interested in who is running the federal government. And we should still, obviously, vote and be uh, don't be apathetic and be involved, but even more so, who's running your state? Who's running your county? Who's your local sheriff? The whole state and country could go one way, but you've got a strong sheriff and a strong mayor, or you've got an awesome governor. They can literally turn the tide and be like, no, pound sand, federal government, we're going to do what we want. And the federal government have to come in with the Army National Guard to contradict you. Because guess what? Those sheriff deputies, they belong to you. <laughs> they have to send in fresh guns from afar to force you into compliance. And so local governments, you can gain back some autonomy. And even still, you and I can gain back some autonomy by being the freest citizens we possibly can be. That means we're exercising all of our amendments, like good old numero dos. I think also we can help do our part to rebuild parallel institutions of power. We can pull out of uh, apostate institutions of power. You don't say apostate. That, no, that's, that totally works. It, it I does. I love that, actually. Apostate. It's a theological word. I'm a theology buff. And so apostate it is. Yes. <laughs> it's uh, our institutions of power that are antithetical to our constitution and our core values as Americans. They've been hijacked, and now it's this authoritarian, leftist, neo-Marxist machination. And that's bad juju. Don't do that. Instead, let's build up parallel institutions of power. And so when you see alternate news sources that are actually giving good news and real data rather than the legacy media just spinning propaganda, then you should lean into that. You should support folks who are in the fight against all the things that you hate rather than funding Hollywood, Disney, Big Pharma, all the people that hate you. Let's not fund them anymore. And then for you and I, try to claw back as best we can in really, really crappy economic times. Try to carve out a little self-sufficiency. Silo out some resources for you. And holy cow, let us get out of this. That was, that was heavy. I got pumped. Or I got not pumped. I got became impassioned. I wasn't pumped. I'm the opposite of pumped. Um, I'm deflated, but I, I'm, em, yeah. I'm emboldened. I'm passionate because this matters immensely. Um yeah, I, I've, I'm coming to grips with, um, I don't feel so safe in America anymore. I used to. I used to. Stuff can happen. Stuff slips through the cracks. But now the cracks seem wider than the pieces of wall. And that is a scary thought. Ben, uh, let's, uh, let's hit up some, we got Q&A ambush and we got some hot topics but before we hit any of that, let's say goodbye to the podcast, folks. Guys, listening in for free. If you like the rest of the show, man, we get all kinds of spicy stuff in this show. So please support us. Watch WPSN.com. That's watch WPSN.com. Then you can sign up. After you've signed up, you have access to this show, a bunch of other shows, all of our training classes, uh, and you can check it out uh, through our app, WPSN. Wherever you, whatever tech you're on, you can get our app, WPSN and watch there. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next time.